everybody. It's me, Auntie, and I hope you guys are doing well. Anybody who lives here in um, Canada knows that it's getting a bit colder. January and February is like the coldest time to be around. But what I used to love, especially as a kid when I lived in Alberta, is to ice skate. And I did some figure skating, but I wasn't good at it. (laughs) But I tried my best. But I loved to skate, just sliding along the ice, whirling around and stuff. And my kids enjoyed it too. Um, And I even went with my son a few times, especially Um, When we moved to Ontario in Mississauga, they have that skating rink. And I believe in Brampton and Toronto, they have all of that. I'm not sure if they're open now due to COVID, but it's a fun time, fun outdoor time and to go tobogganing and sledding. And if you've never done it, it's always great to try it at least one time if you get the opportunity, you know, strap on some skates and slide away. Now. Why I'm bringing this up is um, one of the people I thought I'd look into is the first black Canadian figure skater. Now, I haven't found really anything about that, but I did find it's a, a guy who lives here in Canada. He's Russian born. His name is Elaj Baldi, and he lives in Quebec. And he didn't make it to the Olympics but he but he is an amazing skater like he almost went to olympics but didn't make the cut but he is an amazing amazing skater and is has become very popular on tiktok um he wants to he wants to show that anybody could skate it doesn't matter what race you are or whatever but he makes all sorts of videos doing ice skating, doing neat tricks. So if you ever get a chance to go on to Instagram or TikTok or even find on YouTube um, a video of him skating, take the opportunity and do it. He is amazing. And I hope it encourages you to go into figure skating or to even try skating. Again, his name is Alot. Elijah Baldi. I'll make sure on my Instagram, I'll make sure and see if I could um, put him on, you know, tag him into a picture. Okay. So now today's story is a bit long, um, but I, I really like it. It's about a mermaid. And that's something very rare to see um, black mermaids in a story. And I thought this was an absolutely perfect, perfect story for me to read to you guys. So take, relax, sit back and just enjoy and use your imagination if you can. But even the pictures are absolutely beautiful. So if you want to read this book along with me, you could get this book at bookoutlet.ca for about two, three dollars. So it's it's not a bad price, or you can find it on Amazon. And I will have on my site the links on to where you can get this book and read along with me because it's perfect to have within your book collection. Okay. Suke and the Mermaid, written right by Robert D. Sansucci and illustrated by Brian Pickney. 
Storytellers say this happened once upon a time on a little island off the coast of South Carolina. A girl named Suki lived with her ma and steppa in a cabin with a sagging porch and a roof so rickety it let in sunshine or rain, depending on the weather. Every morning at day clean, Suki would get up to sling her hoe at the weeds in the vegetable garden. If she stopped to fan herself with her wide straw hat, her steppa would shout, Suki, don't you be skylarking. The girl's mother called her new husband, Mr. Jones, but Suki had her own name for the bossy do-nothing man. As her hoe rose and fell, she sang, Mr. Hardtime, since you come, my mama don't like me, my work never done. Mr. Hardtime won't do a lick, just say work faster or whip you with a stick. One hot summer afternoon, when her steppa wasn't looking, Suki threw down her hoe and took off. She ran through the woods of pine and plumetto and mossy oak, past dunes fringed with broom grass, to the beach of shining white sand that was her secret hideaway. She sat down, pulled off her hat, and unwound the white kerchief from round her head. The sea breeze cooled her burning face while she wriggled her bare feet deep to where the sand was wet and cold. She sang a little song she had heard somewhere. Thee, thee down below, come to me, Mama Joe. Suddenly a beautiful brown-skinned black-eyed mermaid rose up in the water. Hair as green as seaweed hung down to the mermaid's waist. Sunlight sparked off the gold combs in her hair and the green scales of her fishtail. The girl was mighty frightened, but the mermaid said pleasantly, How do, my lady? You look so hot there in the sun. Come into the water and cool off. Now, Suki was, had heard folks warn, Them mermaids caught you and pull you beneath the water. So she said, No, missus. I can't swim. I'll teach you to swim if you wish, the mermaid said. Then she added gently, you have no reason to fear me, my lady. I came because your song called me. But Suki would only wade along the water's edge while the mermaid dove under the waves and rose and dove again. Each time she brought Suki something, a curious shell, a red and white coral, or bits of green and blue grass polished like jewels by the sea. When the sun began to set, Suki cried, Oh, I'm going to be whipped for sure. I clean forgot to feed the chickens and draw water from the river. Give this to your folks, said the mermaid, pressing a gold coin into Suki's hand, and they won't scold you. But you must promise not to tell them about me. When you want to see me again, just come here and sing. Thee, thee, down below, come to me, Mama Joe. Then Mama Joe disappeared beneath the waves. 
Suki hurried home as first her mama and steppa yelled because she had not done her chores. But when she gave them the mermaid's coin, they stared in wonder. Where'd you get this? Her mama asked. On the edge of the water, said Suki. Well, said her steppa, go off tomorrow to water edge and see can you find some more of these. I will, Suki answered, happy to have come have more time to spend with the mermaid. After this, Suki went to the shore every morning when the day was clean. The mermaid taught her to swim, and sometimes they dove through the water together. One day, the two sat talking beside the waves. Soon I'm going to leave this island and go over to the main, said Suki. I'll live in the fine place like Beaufort or Charleston. My home is below the sea, away from the world of men, said Mama Joe. You could come with me if you want. I don't think so, said Suki. Before she dove under the waves at first dark, the mermaid would give Suki one small gold coin. This the girl gave to her folks, so her ma could buy meat and rice and flannel. But Mr. Jones spent most of the Malafi whiskey that came by boat from the mainland. So things were not so much better in the tumble-down cabin. Suki's ma grew more and more curious to know where her daughter found the gold coins. One morning, she followed Suki to the shore. Hiding in the broom grass on the sand dun, she heard Suki sing. Thee, thee, down below, come to me, Mama Joe. The woman watched in amazement as the girl and the mermaid swam in the ocean, and she saw the mermaid give Suki one gold coin at day's end. That night, while Suki slept, her ma whispered to Mr. Jones about what she had seen. If I catch that mermaid, her husband said, I'll sell him on the main for a pile of gold. Before day clean, as Suki was sleeping, her ma and steppa carried their canoe down to shore. There the woman sang, Thee, thee, down below, come to me, Mama Joe. When the mermaid rose up in the water, Mr. Jones chased her in the canoe. He flung his net at her, but the angry mermaid dove beneath the water. She did not come up again, though Suki's ma sang the magic song over and over. At last, husband and wife gave up and went home, each blaming the other for what had happened. They said nothing to Suki, who went to the shore as usual. But Mama Joe did not answer the girl's song that day or any day. Suki grieved for her lost friend because there was no more gold. Mr. Jones made her hoe the garden, clean the house, and haul the water until she took sick. Soon she grew so weak that she could barely get out of bed. But in a dream, the mermaid visited her and said, I will come to you once more and take you to live with me beneath the sea. If you want this, go to the shore and sing. Thee, thee, down below, take me down, Mama Joe. Though she was very tired and sickly, Suki crept down to the shore while her ma and steppa were away. There she sang softly, Thee, thee, down below, 
Take me down, Mama Joe. To her joy, the mermaid rose up. She wrapped strands of her magical hair around Suki so that the girl could travel safely beneath the waves. Then they plunged into the ocean. The mermaid carried Suki down, down through the water to her home in the seawall. Suki found herself in vast dry cave all around her. Mother of Pearl glowed and filled the place with soft, warm light. Mama Jo said, this is your home now. I will never scold you down here. For a while, Suki was happy. The mermaid taught her sea songs and gave her strands of pearls and showed her a rusty chest filled with gold jewels from sunken pirate ship. In return, Suki would amuse her friend with riddles she had learned. But after some length of time, the girl began to pine for the sound of human voices and the mockingbird's sweet song at a day clean for the decent for the scent of wild magnolias and jasmine, for the sky of delicious blue dotted with white clouds and gulls. She pleaded with Mama Joe, do carry me back home, missus. At first the mermaid said, no. But touched by Suki's tears, she said, very well, if you ask me a riddle I can't answer, I will take you home. So Suki thought and thought, Finally, she says, there's something that walks all day, and when night comes, she under the bed and rest. What's that? Mama Jo's thought and thought, but she could not solve the riddle. That's a shoe, Suki cried. She had picked the riddle because the mermaid had no feet, and Suki was always barefoot. I will carry you back to land, said Mama Joe with a sigh, but time has passed in the world above while you have been with me. You are a grown woman now. Go to the pirate's chest and take a bag full of coins and jewels. This will be your dowry. When you return, many men will court you, but marry only the man named Dembo. If you choose another husband, your treasure will disappear. Then the mermaid wrapped her mossy hair around Suki and brought her to shore. The young woman returned to the rickety cabin where she found her ma and stepa. Suki's ma had grown old grieving for her lost daughter. She embraced Suki with tears of joy. Mr. Jones had just grown meaner until he seemed only dry bones and bitterness. Seeing Suki's treasure, he pretended to welcome her home. He hid his face in his hands as though he were crying too, but he couldn't squeeze one salt tear from his eye. When the story got around that the young woman had brought a rich dowry, all the young men came courting her. But Suki remembered the mermaid's warning and refused them all. Then one day, a hard-working fisherman rode across from the mainland to court her. Name is Dembo, he said simply. Suki studied his eyes and saw love and honesty and kindness in them. Though he was not at all tall, or as handsome as her other suitors, she was happy with the man the mermaid had chosen for her. 
Suki's ma and her neighbors planned a fine wedding, but Mr. Jones had other plans. I'm going to get that gold, he promised himself. The night before the wedding, while Suki and her ma were away, the wicked man struck Dembo's head dead and stole the treasure. No one saw him do the deed, so he hid the bag under his mattress. When Suki discovered the crime, her grief was beyond measure. She ran to the seashore where she cried, Thee, thee, down below, come to me, Mama Joe. The mermaid appeared, and Suki told her unhappy tale. Then Mama Joe said, This is the last time I will come to you. My lady, you must now choose forever between my world and the world of men. Think carefully before the sea is gentle place without time or pain. Up here, hurt and hunger are never far away, and time is always ready to steal what little you have. But Suki said, I must have Dembo. Do bring my sweetheart back to me, and I won't bother you after this. Mama Jo dropped a seed pearl into the young woman's palm. Set this on Dembo's lips, she told Suki. Then, with a sad goodbye, my lady, she vanished between the waves. Suki raced back to her cabin where Dembo rested in a plain pine coffin. While her ma and the other mourners looked on, she put this tiny pearl on Dembo's closed lips. Right away, life came into him again. Sitting up, he pointed to Mr. Jones and cried, that's the one who hit me. But the wicked man snatched the treasure bag and fled to the shore, pursued by Suki, Dembo, and the others. Mr. Jones jumped into the canoe and paddled away. But as everyone watched, a single dark cloud formed above the boat. Lightning flashed and thunder roared. The ocean beneath the cloud began to churn and high waves swamped the canoe. In a moment, the angry water swallowed the boat and its passenger. Suddenly, the sky cleared and the sea calmed. Though they were sorry to have lost the mermaid's treasure, Suki and Dimbo were happy to have each other. They comforted Suki's ma, who said Mr. Jones wasn't much, but he was all I had in the world. You got us, ma, said Suki, giving her a hug. We'll all be getting along just fine now. The next day, the wedding went ahead as planned. Afterwards, Suki took Dimbo's hand and led him down to shore. As the two sat on the beach, Suki wriggled her toes deep into the white sand and felt something hidden there. Together, they dug up the lost treasure bag. At that moment, Suki saw the flash of sunlight on green scales and gold combs far out in the sea. She blew a kiss across the waves and heard sweet laughter in return. Storytellers say, I step on a thing and the thing bend, and that's the way my story ends. Wasn't that a great story? It's, it's sad that she didn't have a good stepfather, but she did have somebody looking out for her deep in the sea. And I wonder if she actually will get to see the mermaid once again. But if you ever get a chance, 
please get this book on your shelf so that you could read it many, many times over like I will. So that is it for me today. Next week is the last Saturday of the month, and then we're into Black History Month. So I'm going to be posting some Black history facts from all over the world, not just Canada, but all over the world. A little fact here and a little fact there. And I'm going to try and do it every single day so that we have some fun, amazing facts about Black history. So for now, that's it for me. I am proud to be Black because Black looks good on me. And it looks good on you too. So you guys have a fabulous week and I'll see you next time. Bye for now. Mm -hmm.